video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch. Hello, you want my name's Justin Clune. I'm here today with Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast. We're going to jump right in with all the new Blu-rays and DVDs that are coming out this so week. So much stuff. So much stuff this week. Because what's this? Donnie Darko again? Again? Again. 4K UHD. Is it coming a big booklet? Ooh, it's a big With box. like the rabbit that's like, hey, how's it going? I know, I know. I wish. You know, I had a rabbit figurine of uh, Frank from Donnie Darko. <laughs> no way. I do, yeah. And I brought it into the store because I didn't have any room for it. So we kind of have it as like. Wait, was it like life size? Like you put it in the corner somewhere? Not life size. Imagine it was life size. I probably spent like 40 bucks on it when I was like 18 at, the, at a game shop in Toronto. So many people want to buy it off us. It's like the most requested thing in our store that people want to buy uh but no unfortunately this donnie darko does not come with a, a figurine as it should so these are flying off the shelf the 4k ones there was a problem because arrow announced like as soon as it came out that there's a frame rate problem with it or something or the theatrical version doesn't play on certain players so i don't know they put it in a nice box just like how they did with the first donnie darko release they did oh wait did they make it 25 frames per second accidentally because they said that some players weren't playing it and had to do with a frame rate issue on the theatrical version so i don't know i think they're working on a disc replacement for people who bought it i don't know i mean if you already bought the previous arrow box set of this which was beautiful and like huge and heavy i don't know do you need this again on 4k no no right you don't <laughs> you don't They've, you don't need to watch times, Donnie Darko in 4K. How many times Donnie Darko in like various home video formats? You so, know? moving on, we also have, uh, finally, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Speaking of things that Arrow have already released, you know, they put this out, what, two years ago now? Not even two years Didn't ago? Didn't we make a joke? Oh, this is the same release, yeah, right? But now in Steelbook steel, form. This is just the Steelbook version now. All right, moving on. I feel like we've talked about it again. I'm having like deja vu. Hey, you're, you're the one who wanted to put these Steelbooks on. I thought you had... Uh, yeah, I want these Steelbooks. I want to make fun of them every single time. So yeah, Arrow's slate this week consists of two movies they've already put out before. So. But Severin's <laughs> finally coming in with Deep Blood, another shark exploitation film directed by Joe D'Amato. And uh, that does not feature, I believe, any new shark footage. It's all stock footage from other films. It is. And it's funny they released this one after they put out Cruel Jaws because Cruel Jaws took a lot of footage from this, (laughs) which even though this had already recycled a lot of footage. And I'm disgusted. No special features. This seems to be a new, like, Severin M.O., have you noticed that? Like, did something happen down there that, like, a bunch of releases have nothing? I hope this isn't a trend for them going forward. But, I mean, they do have, like, did the Alex de la Glacia stuff have special features? Oh, on there it? was a ton of special features. But, like, Siege didn't have any until clearly Jason Eisner reached out and offered his commentary with the director. Yeah. I mean, I guess they have bigger releases. Like, they've got the Santa Sangre UHD coming out and all that. Again? Like, bigger, and, like, the de la Glacia stuff, which they'll put more effort into. I guess with Deep Blood... I mean, this is a truly ter- terrible movie. They can get a Joe D'Amato expert on there to talk about it. Yeah, I don't know. And you want to talk about sharks? Come on. And Cruel Jaws had more features on it. Yeah, than it this. did. They went out of their way to add a bunch of stuff. Yeah. There was like two versions of the movie. They interviewed some people that were in the film. There was a feature out on shark exploitation. Yeah, there, there's nothing. It on almost this. feels like Deep Blood. Was it meant to be like a bonus on Cruel Jaws? Like it feels like it should have been. I, yeah. I watched this this week because I have to watch every shark movie. And it's just like I got a lot of enjoyment out of Cruel Jaws. I know you were kind of like mixed on it. But this is like this makes Cruel Jaws look like a masterpiece to me. <laughs> At least Cruel Jaws is funny to me. This one is just boring. And really, there is really like no shark. There's a little bit of shark footage, which they obviously got from National Geographic. I think they paid for. 
Uh, but most of the deaths are just people flailing around in water as they like pour red liquid <laughs> into the water, um, which is kind of funny. Maybe the first time it happens, but like literally nothing happens in this movie at this all. This is an infamously boring movie. Oh my God. And it's got a hilarious, like the whole subplot is about these four friends who like as children made like a pat, like a blood pack just to be friends together. That's it. And then they all come back to their hometown as adults. One of them gets killed by a shark, and now they have to, like, honor the pact by going out to kill the shark. <laughs> That's a but, fun like, story. You don't really go – you don't really get the sense any of these people are friends, that they, like, what this – that this pact actually meant anything. It's supposed to – they also try and position the shark like it's almost some sort of Native American spiritual animal, which is, like – Okay, but then like but that. then they just I like that, but they don't go into that. They bring it up once and they like never go into it again. So yeah, disappointing. I would stick with Cruel Jaws instead. So moving on, we also have a bunch of Vinegar Syndrome releases. We have Death Promise. Have you seen this one? This is a really fun movie. I have not. I've heard it's fun though. I've been uh, since we got it. Yeah, in, a, lot a of bunch of tenants asking. decide to take on the landlords and kill them. Very relevant in today's society, that's for sure. I mean, it's been relevant since Death Promise was made in the seventies. Definitely into gentrification horror. Uh, we also have. Last Gasp, which is a 90s uh, slasher, right? Yeah, with Robert Patrick, I believe, going crazy, which is cool. Um, yeah, I don't know much about this one, but um, it seems kind of fun and hammy, and I'm always down for a good over-the-top uh, Robert Patrick villain performance. We also have Rush Week from Vinegar Syndrome, another slasher, which you read the title and you're like, have they released this one already? <laughs> like many years ago yeah you know I, i'm getting to a point where i feel like you know i think i've seen all like the big the the 80s slashers out there and then something like this comes along i'm like oh wow this seems like right up my alley and i'd never heard of this movie i'm definitely into college uh, slashers probably because it's not good i feel like most of these you haven't seen because when you watch them you'll be like oh that was pretty forgettable wait what is the one I'm trying to find. Oh, isn't it like Sweet Home or something like that, or Home Sweet Home? The one was like the roided out killer on Thanksgiving. He's like, oh, and he like. Yeah, that's Home Sweet Home, I believe. I've seen so many of these over the years, I just can't even remember them. And we also have more uh, Picarama from Vinegar Syndrome, Fury Sexuel, and Prostitution Clandestine. And anything to say about these? <laughs> nope. More porno. As for usual, when it comes to. Sexually oriented uh, vinegar syndrome releases. Classy porn, though. Classy porn. Ooh, Picarama. Is that their. It's usually not that classy. Oh, I'm looking here at their cover. Uh, it, they put like a slipcase on it. They really want to sell these, but oh, they have more than a thousand left in stock. So clearly they do not move that many uh, copies. And we did not get the slipcases, so boo. So we also have, man, I've noticed Vinegar Syndrome has so many partner labels now. Like it's, it's crazy. Yeah, they are just announcing. I guess they're just hooking up with all these like smaller indie labels which is kind of cool to put out like bigger special editions of things like altered innocence i saw yeah they're releasing a bunch of short films that's how you'll trick people into watching these put it in a slipcase i know right (laughs) moving on we have the debut from cult epics it feels like this one's another sexy one from 1977 like we were talking about with uh, a woman called eve a couple weeks ago this is another in the line of films from nuchka van brackle who is an erotic filmmaker in the 70s but i guess the notable thing about her is that she's a female erotic filmmaker which is you know rare this is the third film of hers they put out uh now and yeah I don't think they've ever really been released before. So I put them into nice, you know, cult epic style special editions. And from, wait, what's this? Oh, I thought it was a Shout Factory disc. No, phew, it was Scorpion Kino. <laughs> yeah, of course. We have the Time Travelers from 1964. 
I, I'm gonna say public domain because it popped up on a lot of labels like that. But finally, now remastered, uh, ready for your eyes. Have you seen this one? It's fun. Uh, I have not. No, uh, but we've get a lot of lot of sales out of this one, so clearly it you know has its fans. Um, yeah, I just remember it must have been in the public domain, right? Because I remember a lot of like bootleg looking DVDs of this. Moving room. on, we have Werewolves on Wheels. Oh, it's oh. this week's fun by. <laughs> <laughs> We do a werewolf style blind buy this week. I like Wait, that. I need to get my howls out because it's the only werewolves you'll be oh hearing during God, this discussion yeah. of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. This movie is just all title and nothing else. You know, Werewolves on Wheels, great title, great concept, great poster. You know, you got a biker gang, they're going to turn into werewolves. Love it. Where are the werewolves in this movie, except for like the last five minutes? You know? The last three minutes? Yeah, and, that's where they show admittedly, up. Admittedly, it's funny in the last three minutes. I mean, I love when they actually turn into werewolves and start going crazy. But yeah, it takes way too long to get there. I mean, it's kind of funny how it's sort of like a, a, a budget Easy Rider sort of ripoff for like half of it with just like this biker gang riding around the back roads of America. Can't even tell them apart. They're just riding around doing shenanigans. Yeah, I had no idea who any of these actors were. And then, of course, so, you know, they do what biker gangs do. They, they go into a bar and like start roughing up the locals here and there. And then they come across, what, a satanic ceremony in general. Then it turns into one of those 70s satanic panic, like race with the devil kind of movies, which is cool. You know, like I'm into all of these tropes, but this movie is like, how long was it? Like an hour and 20 minutes. And yet it felt like three hours. It it drags because there's only enough material here for like, what, 15, 20 minutes of movie. You see the same person get killed two different ways. The shot of her getting her throat slit, you see it like 45 minutes into the movie, she dies. Then you see the same shot like in the last attack because the filmmakers are like, you don't know who these characters are. Like you can't, you don't give a fuck. Yeah, they're counting on the fact that you're just like forgetting this movie as you're watching it, basically. There's not that much to say about this one. Yeah, The werewolves are cool when they show up in the last three minutes in the dark. You're like, why aren't they? Why isn't this daytime? I know, because the rest of it's in, a lot of it's in daytime. So it's like, I don't know. I guess people, this has been selling well, and I, I can only chalk it up to the fact that it's got a title that people think sounds. Continually tricking people to this day. And yeah. also, I don't even know. Like, if you want to watch this, it's on Tubi, to be honest. So just like, just give it a try on there, because I don't think the disc actually has much on it either. It's one of those code red kino disc that was licensed out by shout factory actually so i guess shout factory has the streaming rights and they've licensed it out for this release but yeah i mean it's like if you are a hardcore biker movie fan i i guess i mean there's a lot of biking footage (laughs) there's a lot of easy rider-esque stuff in this but if you're looking for a movie that lives up to its title this is not gonna be the one you kind of picked this were you interested for any other reason other than just the title or no i always see the title and i know it's bad so i was like like, uh, I might as well just watch it and just get it over with and never think about it again. And that's what happened. Well, now we can say we've seen Werewolves on Wheels. So you can add that at, you can add that notch on your belt. Finally, I can be led into all the important clubs. Uh, so, yeah, I would I would not recommend this as a blind buy. Oh, I would not recommend this either. No, absolutely and not. I think that was the shortest blind buy put down we've, uh, we've done so far. <laughs> so uh, moving on, we have the classic section. We have Masculine Femine, the Godard film. I like this one. I think it's fun. Yeah, I like this one, too. This one's a lot of fun. I always like this. Uh, I, saw, I think I had to watch it when I was in film school, and it really stuck with me. And now it's finally on Blu-ray. We also have Irma Verp, 
Ermaverb, the classic Olivier Assayas film. I feel like Olivier Assayas is like, well, I, I could be like the Holy Motors guy too, please. I want attention. <laughs> Give me attention. Do you guys like Demon Lover, right? You guys love Demon Lover? I do like Demon Lover. I do. <laughs> He's got a deal with Criterion though. So I think they're going to be putting out like all of his movies at some point. And yeah, this one's fun. I was like, this is probably one of his most known movies this could be his best known movie um and it's fun yeah it's like one of those great like meta behind the scenes making of a movie kind of thing there's no new special features on this blu-ray is there not because it's like a two to set so i don't think I thought, there is i was looking it's all archival stuff is it just ported over yeah because they already had a dvd release that was pretty good it was like a special edition version from zeitgeist so i don't know but now it's on blu-ray even though it was kind of shot on digital video right it doesn't even like necessarily need the upgrade yeah. so we also have cast a dark shadow wanted for murder these are two british noirs yep yeah that's pretty much it that's all i got for that noir crowd out there you know they're big so we also have another sin man you guys love the thin man right Look at him. He's dancing around. He's thin. He's drunk, quipping jokes. He's he's like Slenderman, right? This is so annoying, though, because you know Warner Archive, as soon as they release all of these Blu-rays individually, they're going to put them out in a box set for like a third of the price. Like, they release them all on DVD in a box set. Why can't they just do that on Blu-ray? Can we just not have a Thin Man box set? Because they want your money, you suckers. You're going to buy it. $30 for every one of these? Ridiculous. So we also have Each Dawn I Die. Reporter Frank Ross is wrongly framed for murder and is in prison. Initially an optimist, he is soon hardened by the prison life. Will his fellow inmate Stacy change the way he thinks? Only you can find out by watching Each Dawn I Die. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've never seen this one. Um, Me neither. Never heard of it. Lower selling uh, Warner Archive title here, that's for sure. But the next one, this one sells, right? Quick Change, the Bill Murray classic. This is a cult film. I've never actually seen this, but uh, but you have, right? <laughs> Mark was like, please, can we watch Quick Change this week? And I'm like, <laughs> I no. I was all set for Werewolves Quick Change. Werewolves on wheels. <laughs> I was definitely down for Quick Change. And then, no, it's fine. You know, we werewolves, I would have never seen. I would have always been curious about Werewolves on wheels. But yeah, this is Bill Murray's directorial debut. He co-directed it. I think almost against his will, it sounds like, uh, that he picked up the picture. But yeah. That's funny. He plays a clown. They It opens up a heist and they have to like get out of the city. That's like the ticking clock of the movie. Right. And yeah, this has been a huge cult title for years. It's always done really well on DVD as like a rental and sale. So yeah, people have been waiting for this Blu-ray upgrade. So for we also have The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly on 4K UHD. Again, this is another title. I feel like it keeps being released. Well, this is the best-selling title this week, hands down. We are blowing through copies of this. Um, we're even getting people. We even got somebody from Latvia contact us to send a copy out to them and they're like why don't you just order it online no please order it from us we will we want the sale but um yeah no i mean this is this is the kind of movie you would expect would come out on ultra hd at some point i'm surprised it hasn't already happened but i mean kino put this out on a nice blu-ray special edition what two three years ago now so I mean, I guess if you have a 4K setup, this is the kind of movie you're going to want to buy. I for still it. have the original DVD box set that came out. I uh, have never upgraded it from there. That's all you need. We also have Battle Him, a Douglas Sirk film starring Rock Hudson, being released by Kino. Uh, yeah, they're putting out a lot of Douglas Sirk stuff. This is a war film and not one of his more popular ones. We also have A Lovely Way to Die, the prequel to A Lonely Way to Die. Yeah, definitely. No, this is a 
Kirk Douglas movie from the 60s. <laughs> um, I don't know much about this, though, other than that. It's like a comedy thriller sort of thing, yeah, right? Yeah, he becomes a private eye, and he teams up with everyone's favorite ugly, Eli Wallace, who wants to protect his beautiful client. Sorry, Eli, we love you. We love you. Rest in peace. Rest yeah. in power, Eli Wallace. <laughs> so we also have Heartworn Highways, a new documentary, or not a new one, an older documentary being released by Kino. And what's this? They also are releasing Heartworn Highways Revisited separately from they it. They are, yes, which is kind of annoying because Mill Creek actually had the rights to these and put these out on like a double disc DVD years ago, which we had. But these are, heart, the first Heartworn Highways is like a classic country music doc from the 70s. Uh, with all kind of the biggest stars of that era. And then Heartward, Heartworn Highways Revisited is basically, yeah, like a follow-up they did, I don't know, a decade ago now or something like that. Yeah, they definitely should have put both of these out together because <laughs> otherwise you have to pay like 30 bucks per. And honestly, nobody's really buying Revisited. Most people just want the first Heartworn Highways. So I don't know why they wouldn't have just put it on as like a bonus feature. But Money! But nobody's going to buy the second one anyway. No, no one's going to buy the, the second, second one. one. People yeah. are buying the first one, but not the so, second one. So moving on, we have uh, Dave Chappelle's Block Party. Yeah, different kind of music documentary, but, uh, but a great one. Uh, I'm a big fan of this. So this was the Michelle Gondry directed uh, concert doc. Yeah, uh, rest, in, rest in power, Michelle Gondry, wherever you are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what's he doing these days uh i heard that uh he's a bit of a problematic person as a human being yeah unfortunate he was uh i was a big fan of him as a as i a mean youth. he just disappeared remember he used to be everywhere he did kidding right he was he was working on that that show but i think that's the last time i heard from him i still haven't watched it now. I, I didn't watch it either so really who is it for if not a... it's i know it should be for you and i but clearly we didn't get there but yeah at the top i i liked it i mean i love all the musical I, obviously if you don't know what this is dave chappelle in like 2005 you know when he was still cool did uh like a a concert, a block party in Brooklyn, got like all his famous friends like Common, Kanye West. Wait, you don't think you know. he's cool anymore, Mark? No, I don't think he's cool anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You're just the PC police. I know, I know. Uh, I Honestly, I used to have so much love for Dave Chappelle. Huge, huge fan of Chappelle's show. Here's just the thing. Big... You get rich and you get disconnected from everything going on. Also, you get ripped. Like well, he Dave did Chappelle. that whole thing, though, like when they threw all that money at him to keep doing Chappelle's show. And then he walked away from it, right? And he did his like spiritual journey in Africa. I was like, great. That's and he cool, came man. back and he's like, what's the deal with trans people? And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> I know, but now he's just like a corporate loser. Like I thought he was trying to avoid. So, but anyways, the, you know, if you want Dave Chappelle when he was like cool and hip and like actually like cared about things, this is this is the Dave Chappelle. Obviously, has a lot to say about police brutality and racism in America. I just wish he would shut his mouth about trans people and also women a lot of time. Him and J.K. Rowling are getting together to go on tour. Uh, but this is a really cool concert doc. A lot of great performances, and I just love the um, like the street kind of aspect to it because it's all ba- it is like a block party. They just did it all on the street. It's all like basically all the biggest hip hop acts from like that time plus the 90s like he brings the fujis out uh most deaf like it's just it's very very cool what's so. most deaf up to these days is he like in dtv world <laughs> Actually, i don't movies? know because he was like a movie star for a while right they were yeah movies? don't you remember him in hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy in 46 blocks no, i remember him in the italian job though <laughs> the film that edward norton was contractually obligated to and make tell he hates the entire movie <laughs> so moving on we have a bunch of universal releases do they have their own blu-ray label yeah well this is their mod line for this month so yeah so these this are, is all these 
a bunch of crap that nobody yeah. wants. And it spans, you know, the, the whole history of cinema, really. So we start with Taproots, when the Dabneys, plantation owners in rural Mississippi, announced their intent to remain neutral in the Civil War. Fuck you! <laughs> yeah, this, this seems like a movie that needs to just be left in the past. But I don't know, I mean... A class. It's got Van Heflin, Susan Hayward. I don't know. People, people like old movies like this. Boris Karloff's in it, supposedly. Yeah, to George Marshall. Neutral during the Civil War. I'd rather not take any sides yeah, on my plantation. This is a movie I can happily like do without. Well, we haven't seen it. We should make note of that if anybody wants to get well, angry at it. us. It, it might be a classic, but I don't know. Based on based on the reaction I see online, I don't think this is one that anybody's like been clamoring <laughs> yeah, for. Yeah, you're like, good, the bad, and the ugly, number one. Second uh, best-selling, Taproots. <laughs> Taproots. <laughs> Nobody's touched Taproots so far, so come on, people. I can't send these back. <laughs> and I've ordered a hundred of them. <laughs> <laughs> I know, geez, I thought this was going to be like a super hit here, right? <laughs> we also have Little Miss Marker. In the 1930s, cantankerous bookie Sorrowful Jones, Walter Matthau, reluctantly takes a young child as collateral for a wager. <sighs> Tony Curtis is here too and Julie Andrews. Yeah, so this is a remake of a Shirley Temple movie, I believe, right? Do 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 do. Yeah, I guess so. Never seen this one. Never saw this uh, Shirley Temple original. Yeah, I don't think many people care Walter about this Massow one. Walter was in a lot of movies. People don't talk about very he was, much. She was. <laughs> we also had The Last Days, 1998. Oh, this seems like a promising title. Let me just take a sip of water as I keep drinking this. In late 1944. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> Holocaust stuff for you here. <laughs> well, this was the, the Steven Spielberg produced documentary about the Holocaust. Um... I remember it was a big deal at the time. I remember like hearing a lot about this as like a kid when it was coming out. And now I just feel like nobody really talks about this anymore. I think it was nominated for an Oscar. Million of them. Yeah, it was nominated for an Oscar. It was like given a big push at the at the time. Don't but, watch this. Yeah. Watch Showa instead. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. If you want like the kind of or like Night and Fog or something, right? Like I don't know if this is the essential Holocaust documentary. So movie. yeah, we'll be the arbitra arbitrators yeah, of that. We'll be, yeah, because I clearly am a Holocaust historian. But you know what? I think this was produced by the Shoah Foundation, so I could I could be totally wrong. No, I'll watch Shoah first. <laughs> hey, would you have it done yet? I, I've never seen Shoah. Well, that's the thing. I've never seen Shoah. I feel like I'm going to get to Shoah. one. And Night and Fog. I have seen Night and Fog, and I love. I yeah, it's I like twenty minutes Fog. long. That's why you've seen it. But oh man, it feels you know so much, so much in that twenty minutes. <laughs> I do want to see Shoah. It's just one of those things. Then you turn like, around, you're like, I gotta watch the important stuff, like How High, which is being released by Blu-ray on by Universal this week. I know. I left out the last days and How High are both part of their like <laughs> their double bill. Um, wait, wait, this is a triple bill of uh, 90s classics that I don't think I've seen any of them. How High, Dead Man on Campus, and Pootie yeah, Tang. Yeah, well, Dead Man on Campus and Pootie Tang are from Paramount. Uh, but yes, they go... Are they Paramount no, Presents? No, they're not. They're just regular Paramount. Well, I mean, Pootie Tang, you can't really... You know, who directed exactly. it, right? You know what? I got to say, Pootie Tang, big fan over here. Big fan. I don't know. Do you like Pootie Tang? I've never seen it. Really? Oh, damn. This was obviously a movie that got a lot of hate when it came out. I feel like people hated this, right? Like, reviews were terrible on this when it came yeah, out. Yeah, but it's got like a cult audience in the last 10 years. Oh, yeah. I thought it was hilarious when I was a kid. I still think it is. Uh, it is unfortunate that Louis C.K. directed it. He kind of you know, taints it somewhat. But, you know, it's it's like just a really fun, perfect like music. It's basically like a spoof of like music biopics. It's like a spoof of like VH1 behind the music kind of things. And it's just really funny. The guy who plays Pootie Tang, uh, Lance Crowther, I believe his name is. Uh, it's really, really funny. I don't know. This is just a movie like if you have it, if you can put aside the Louis. C I mean, he just directs it. I don't think he's actually 
in it or anything and i think he like co-wrote it with like chris rock and lance crowder and everything so if you can get past the louis ck involvement i would highly recommend checking this out as for the others though how high i remember seeing when i was a kid and honestly not thinking it was very funny what about dead man on campus you know, dead man on campus i've never actually seen even though it's like right in my what? wheelhouse i know it's like an mtv film Stars Todd Everett Scott. <laughs> yeah, American Whale from Paris. <laughs> Which I have seen. Um, it stars uh, Mark Paul Gossler from Saved by the Bell. And I just remember the ads for this all the time. Um, I did see, it was funny, this was like a, a common theme in the late 90s, the whole like killing your roommate. I don't know where this came out from. Apparently this is a real thing where if your roommate committed suicide, you would get like an automatic pass on your like college exams or something, which is like the premise of this. It's weird though, they did two. They did this version and they did a, a serious version of this which i have seen called the curve which has um matthew lillard which is the one with zach morris oh, in it dead man on campus is the one with zach morris in oh it. okay but the other one has matthew lillard it's got michael vartan it's got another good cl- uh good uh roster of 90s talent but it's like a serious movie version of this where they like plot to kill their roommate um to get you know good grades but they do it in a serious way whereas this is they try and find somebody who's like already suicidal so he'll like off himself mark have you watched the new save by the bell no it is very funny is it very funny yeah like the whole gimmick is that like uh the rich high school like save by the bell is integrating with like a uh inner city school oh i heard about that yeah so like the zach morris guy whose name is mac morris (laughs) So it's like a bizarro world, say, by the Well, okay. uh, all the characters are still in it. So Slater is a gym teacher, and he's a sad, pathetic loser. Yeah, basically. Uh, the funny thing is, like, that Mac Morris and his friends, like, live in a sitcom. So they want to do all these sitcom-style things. Right, And the new right. students are like, what are you doing? You can't do this. He's like, but I can. I never get in trouble. Why not? <laughs> that sounds pretty good. It's nice to see, like, a more self-aware kind of, like, reboot coming out. Um, and one yeah. of the characters is trans. They don't even talk about it. It barely gets brought up during the the show oh that's really great to see you know what i will check that because yeah i mean obviously who didn't love saved by the bell growing up um i just never i remember hearing it was coming out and just not really being interested but and zach morris is like a terrible politician with like empty promises that everybody loves <laughs> yep that's zach morris for you that's perfect that's like a perfect update they, <laughs> yeah. or if you want some more zach morris content then i guess get dead man on campus but from all accounts i again i haven't seen this movie but i hear it's terrible so i don't know if you would want to watch it um, uh, I'm still shocked you haven't seen it. That's all I'm going to say on that subject. Well, you know, I threw it on in the store the other day because I'm like, I don't know if I have the time to watch this or if I really care, but I want to get a taste. Uh, it looked like the same kind of bland, late 90s teen comedy that you would expect. Yeah, no Joe's apartment, right? There's no stylistic vision there. No, no Joe's. That's the thing. I looked up the director. He's some guy who works in TV. I think this is the only feature he ever made. Just like, I love a good MTV film, you know, I was big on those, but this one just... Yeah, like what, The Perfect Score? That was an MTV film. Oh, yeah. You know, I never saw that one either, actually. My God. I thought you were a fan. I'm slacking on my MTV films here. But, you know, Pootie Tang, that was an MTV film. So it was on on that. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on to new stuff. All right. Let's talk about some new movies. Starting off with a big one. It's Nomadland, everybody's favorite best picture winner this year. It's not so bad. 
to work in an Amazon fulfillment facility. I don't know. What, what do you think about this whole Amazon? Is it is it wrong to be mad at this? I mean, I haven't seen this movie at all, but I've seen people. The backlash is that it you know doesn't go hard enough on Amazon. What which, would you, you know, say if I told you that the director of this is the daughter of a, of a rich steel magnate? And that's part of the reason that's holding me back. I. I was interested. I, I have to admit, I haven't seen any of her films, and I was interested in her stuff when it first, uh, when she first started releasing it, like songs uh, that my brother taught me, told me, and the writer seemed really interesting. I like that kind of like naturalistic, you know, documentary style fiction sort of stuff. With this, though, you know, when you put like a big movie star in this like so-called real life milieu, like. You just go watch Francis McDormand, like, wandering around, interacting with a bunch of, like... But supposedly this was Francis McDormand's project. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, she's the one who brought Chloe Zhao onto that, it. That kind of makes sense then, I guess. I, I don't know. I just... Like, I like the subject matter. I'm all for... Explore, I really like the idea of exploring the working class in America and just, like, how terrible our capitalist system has made people's lives. But I just don't know if this is the venue I really care to see it in. I would rather just see either, like, a more documentary-type sort of, like, realist version or just... Or something from somebody who's actually, like, involved in that world. Because, yeah, at the end of the day, Chloe Zhao is just, like, it's just a rich kid, right? Yeah, it's a big She's problem. just a rich kid. So, and I, and it's not that I, obviously, people can tell, you know, can make movies about stuff that they don't have immediate, you know, experience with. But when it's, I guess it's, I guess it's part of the whole backlash that it got so big that now people are focusing on this more. It's just... When it gets so praised for being this, like, oh, really, like, tried, like, this really gritty, authentic look at, like, the heartland of America, like, working class people's struggles, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way, because I just don't, it doesn't feel authentic to me, but... Full disclaimer, I haven't seen this movie. So. Well, it's supposed yeah. to, like, soothe the viewer, right? Which is like, oh, you know, there's happiness and joy to be found in this existence. But, yeah, but no. But that's, and that's really kind of overlooking a lot of bad stuff about it, you know, especially especially now when we're in a pandemic and it's worse than ever for working people out there. And especially it's dangerous for people going into work. And it's just, I don't know, I feel like this kind of glosses over that in terms of this, like, palatable you're right like this is you know there's beauty to be found in this existence to to sell to like rich people who like don't actually have to have any you know connection to this so what's next mark anyways moving on from that nomadland rant which i'm sure isn't new by this point yeah from someone who hasn't seen the film yeah exactly right i thought you were mr oscars mr oscar well yeah that's at the end of the day first full disclaimer i haven't seen it so my opinion doesn't really mean that much but yeah next we've got cowboys which is another kind of like Heartland of America sort of movie, but this one stars Steve Zahn as a father who uh, recently separated from his wife and t- runs off with his trans son into the Montana wilderness uh, so that his son can live his authentic self. And yeah, I hear good things about this, so check that out. I've got My Salinger Year, which is a Canadian film from the director from Philippe Falardeau, who made... oh Canadian! I know, I know. Who Drama. made um, Monsieur Lajard, you know him, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is his new movie. It's with, but it's with Sigourney Weaver. It's like a bigger movie. I don't know. People, people seem to like this, but didn't get the kind of acclaim that Monsieur Lazar Is Judy Dench in it? (laughs) No, it's no. Maybe she pops up. I don't know. (laughs) Then we've got This Is Not a Movie, which is another Canadian film, a Canadian documentary um, from Young Chang, who made, I believe, Up the Yangtze, if I remember correctly. This one's about uh, Robert Fisk, who's like a legendary uh, foreign correspondent, uh, 
uh, he basically he talks about you know the reporting world today. It's supposed to be really good. It's definitely one of the most acclaimed documentaries of this year. For other documentaries, we've got Otto Lenghi and the Cakes of Desire, which is another cooking. There's another foodie documentary about a guy who's trying to make really lavish cakes that resemble the cakes of Versailles. So you know, if you're a cake head, grab that. I am not. You're not. Okay. No. Just give me a plain old cake. <laughs> Just with good stuff need a on fancy it. I'll eat Versailles-like it. cake. The no. problem when you have fancy cakes is you're dealing with a lot of um, uh, what is it like the sugar they use to make stuff, and it tastes like crap. So get that off. That's of there. true. Well, then you wouldn't like these cakes, then I guess. All right. Well, other documentary. Maybe you'll like this. We got uh, speaking of vinegar syndrome partner labels. They've got a new label called ETA, which is like a music themed label they're doing. So their first release is this mockumentary, Green Jello Sucks Live, which is about. I don't know. Do you know this band, Green Jelly? Green Jello? They're like a party band from the 80s. I guess they have a cult following and somebody's made a documentary about them. And I guess Vinegar Syndrome deemed it important enough to put out on their line. So there you go. Then we've got Young Hearts, which from Breaking Glass, which is sort of a um, coming of age romance uh, movie between two high schoolers. It's produced by Jay and Mark Duplass, so it'll probably have that beautiful mumblecore aesthetic, which I love so much. Where is Jay and Mark Duplass these days? Probably just kicking back in their mansions, right? Yeah, they're mostly producing, actually. I remember reading something when he was at Sundance a couple years ago for some, like, talk or whatever. He was just talking about how he's just more focused, I think, on producing work from, like, up-and-coming filmmakers and just trying to put his name on stuff to help people get out there, so... Cool. Uh, then we've got in some foreign stuff. We've got My Little Sister, which is a Swiss-German film uh, starring Nina Haas, who you'd probably know from the films of Christian Petzold, like Phoenix. Wait a um, minute. I feel there's a lot of films called My Little there's Sister. There's probably a lot of films called My Little Sister. Um, I don't really know much about this one. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's supposed to be supposed to be good. It's supposed to be good. Clearly, I've done my research here. I was going to say, Mark, you have one section to it's do. It's supposed to be good, right? Well, when it's called My Little Sister, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You're like, I give up. That's it. Yeah, it's a German-Swiss movie. It's got Nina Haas in it. That's probably during World War II or something like that. <laughs> We've got uh, Wisting Season 1, which is an international crime show. It's an international Norwegian like murder mystery, uh, but it's notable for starring Carrie Ann Moss, actually. Trinity herself as an American. Wow. Don't you mean the star of Fido, the zombie movie? Yeah, because she's Canadian. I always forget that she's Canadian. Yeah, she's Canadian. Uh, anyway, she plays the, you know, typical, the the American FBI agent who's come over to help solve this series of crimes. I don't know. I, I saw her face on it. I'm like, oh, I got to mention this. I like Carrie Ann Moss. Nice to see that she's still working. Well, she's going to be in the new Matrix movie that's coming out soon. She is. She is. So good for her. Good for her. And then we've got Johnny Toe's Office, which I'm sure you've seen. Yeah, I have. It's fine. It's just like musical on like an abstract set. The, th the funny thing about this is that like finally a DVD only release of a film that came out like five years ago. I know. This has been a while. For some reason, I thought this came out like a year or two ago and I was looking up. I'm like, no, no, from 2015. Jesus. Um, so yeah, I did not realize it was that old, but, um, I mean, it's nice that it's finally coming out. Only on DVD? Why? Only on DVD. Yeah. It's from a small company called Bayview. I don't know. So, but I don't know. Is it worth buying for Johnny Toe fans or you? No. 
I think it's a yeah. It doesn't really work. And then moving on, we've got um, Red Bad. Oh, this is more my speed. Red Bad from my man Roel René. <laughs> I thought you'd have something to say about this. Have you seen this? Film? I have not, but I will be picking up. I assume the DVD only release. It is release. a DVD only release. Super cheap though, so definitely come pick it up. It's like uh, nine ninety five from us, so not that it'll have any extras or anything. I think it has a little making of documentary. I was looking on the Epic site as I was doing that. I mean, I literally have in front of me. You could hear it. I yeah, just got like... behind enemy lines. Seal Team Eight, starring Tom Sizemore, uh... directed by Roel René. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he has been a, deep... a director. I've reached out on Twitter and through his website, being like, "Can I interview you?" No response. Wow, that's a shame because he has been coming. He must real... get so many interview requests that he can't. He's such it. a DTV stalwart, you know. He's just put out so much stuff, and this one is. And he seems to like to talk about them too. He does commentary on all his releases. He does making up featurettes. So. I don't know. What's going on, Royal? Get, throw me a call. I want to yeah, talk to you. Yeah, I know. So this is a big, like, uh, medieval action epic kind of thing. So yeah, a Dutch production, which is where he's from. Pick that one up. Uh, also, we've got Torpedo U-235. Finally, uh, U-571 Exploitation. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a Belgian, like, U-571, I guess, something like that. Uh, but it takes place during World War II, which I know is Justin's favorite time. No! No! <laughs> Um, the other weird thing about this, this is also put out by Epic, and this is a Belgian film that's in, like, Dutch and German, but it looks like the DVD release is an English dub. Hey, no, thank you. So that's kind of lame. But I, I think some of it is in English, but I think they've dubbed the whole thing in English, so that's kind of lame. Unlike Red Bad, which is in its, like, different languages. So, Anyways, moving on from that, we've got some real trash here. Trafficked, which is a thriller with Ashley Judd and Sean Patrick Flannery <laughs> oh. about... The poor man, Stephen Dorff. About sex trafficking. Yeah, I know. Uh, About sex trafficking, and it's probably exactly what you think it will be. So, yeah, there you go. And then we've got Uncle Uncle Peckerhead, which I think some people sort of liked. You know what? I found it charming, uh, but it does not have an ending, Uh, which really hurts the film, which is just like, I guess it's over. They ran out of money. No big climax. No nothing. (laughs) It's like, Brutal. Well, that's that's coming out now. If you uh, if you want to t- check it yeah, out, yeah, it has a fun plot, which is like a band meet a guy with a van who drives them around to all their tour dates. But he's like a demon who eats people, but he's very friendly. Ah, uh, okay. And he loves the band. He's like a big fan of them. All right, cool. Well, there you get like a half recommendation from Justin. There, you know. We got yeah, I say I would say check it out. And just know that it, the ending stinks. I think I gave it three and a half stars when I reviewed it. So I did like and it. And you know, the Blu-ray for this, it, there it's only coming out on Blu-ray from Epic. Yeah, we got a bunch of Epic titles in this week, which is why there's loaded up with that. <laughs> from like three years ago? Yeah, from the last year or two. We find, well, they were a company that notoriously, they wouldn't uh, sell direct to us. I even reached out to the rep there and they just said they didn't have rights to sell in Canada, so they couldn't do anything. None of our suppliers could import them. But then finally, one of our suppliers got rights to it, so we basically got a bunch of their stuff. Anyways, uh, so the last title on this list, we're going to stick with horror and we're going to go back to Canadian content. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, I know. Don't click. Did you watch this, Mark? I did not. I was going to try try and get around to it and then i failed you i'm sorry i failed so this is a canadian horror movie that it's probably most notable because it's being it was produced by george mihalka the director of my bloody valentine so it's got that kind of name recognition it's got a real like torture porny kind of setup where it's like about a couple guys who after they visit 
visit some like greasy pornographic website they like get kidnapped and put in a room and subjected to a bunch of like saw style tests and it's supposed to be about like you know exploring the misogyny of them and like they're basically given their comeuppance for being like looking at misogynist porn which is not a bad idea and especially it's kind of interesting because it is written and directed by two uh, women filmmakers which these kind of things usually aren't so I'm kind of intrigued just based on that alone to get a different perspective. I haven't heard the greatest things about this. I think it got some festival play. The reviews haven't been that strong, but I don't know. Have you heard much about this, Justin? No, no? I have not. And I will not comment on it based on not having seen it. It being Canadian. No, are, are you tangentially involved with this film at all? Okay. No, not at all. I've never heard of this film before. Yeah, there's no sarcasm there to my response. Um, yeah, I played some festivals and stuff. I don't know. You know, we like supporting Canadian film here at the store. And Ooh, but I do hate torture porn. I know, porn. that's the thing. I really don't like torture porn, but I'm still, I'm kind of intrigued by this premise just because I feel like they haven't really done this kind of thing, and especially not from a more female perspective. So I'm definitely intrigued just because of that. So if you want, like, if you're into torture porn at all, but you want, like, a different kind a fresh perspective on it this might be good but i haven't i haven't seen it either so i i could just be just talking out of my ass here just talking out of my ass really and on that high note the base video podcast we're is finished. finished we made it through we made it through so Woo! many so many titles we were so enthusiastic about this week um <laughs> a lot of times i'll look at the titles and i'll be like what do i put in the main title of the episode I know, right? like, well if i <laughs> what will people be excited about <laughs> well if i had to do one recommendation remember when we used to do recommendations back in the day yes. mine would be pootie tang on blu-ray pick that up i'm gonna recommend death promise the vinegar syndrome there film you go watch a bunch of people kill some landlords there you go so you can put death promise and pootie tang in the, in the title and cover of this. so until next week my name's justin mcglue and i'm mark hansen keep on buying keep on renting Tang. These movies and many more are available at your local video store. Directed by Alan Smithy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you shall not be named. <laughs>